Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Uh, it it's it's over. <laughs> it was over. Uh, I, I'm elated about that. I'm, I'm sad, though. We lost a legend. Uh, Kirk Douglas died yesterday. Legendary Kirk Douglas, 103 years old. I I actually it was he was so oh, old, old I didn't. Yeah, like, I didn't even know if he was alive or not. I was like, I thought he died a few years ago, actually. They like, wheeled him out last year at the Emmys. It's the only reason I knew. Did they? Yeah. He, he looked yeah. not great, but yeah, that's crazy. Well, you know, probably looked better than his son, uh, Michael Douglas, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I always like Kirk Douglas. Uh, Kirk Douglas starred in my favorite anti-war film, probably the best anti-war film ever. Uh, so good it was banned in several countries because uh, feelings got hurt. Uh, the U.S., I think, was banned for a while, uh, it was definitely banned in France. Um, Paths of Glory, uh, 1957 film Stanley Kubrick made. Kubrick, of course, made several anti-war films. Made the amazing uh, bleak satire, dark comedy, Dr. Strangelove, of course, did Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely anti-war films. Uh, this was, you know, at a I've time... Never 19- seen Paths of Glory. You never... Oh, my God. It's, it's like the, you'll see the shot, like the famous shot of him, like, walking down the, the, the trench... His bombs are falling, and like everyone's ducking for cover, and he's like barely flinching. It's it's just like the, just radiating masculinity, but also like it's, this guy doesn't want to be at war. Like he's extremely anti-war. Or his character is basically, uh, you know, the, they're being it's trench warfare, World War One. So they're being asked to like just do suicide missions, climb up out of the trench and run until you get shot, and every single person's being shot, and people. Um, this is based loosely on a true story. Uh, didn't want to go. So the, the French military picked three guys at random to hang to death for cowardice, right? And he, the, the general that, that Kirk Douglas plays, is basically like their, their trial defense lawyer. Hmm. And it's, it's, so it's a war film, and it's also a courtroom drama at the same time. And it's just literally like, what the fuck was this war even for? We just sat in the dirt and died for nothing. Um, but that was considered like way too controversial in the 1950s. <laughs> uh, and Cooper couldn't get the film made anywhere. Uh, until Kirk Douglas was like, "Well, I'll be it. I'll do it. And if I do it, they'll get you'll get the money for it." it that that's the kind of power he had back then. He was basically like the Brad Pitt of the 1950s. Um, Kirk Douglas was also almost single handedly responsible for ending the Hollywood blacklist mm-hmm. uh, against uh, alleged uh, or accused communists working in in Hollywood writers Dirty and directors. Yep. Um, Dalton Trumbo, of course, famously played uh, by uh, Brian Cranston, a biopic a few years ago. Uh, and I love that that film didn't like shy away from the fact that he was a communist. That Dalton Trumbo was like actively organizing with the Communist Party, or at least a small, you know, club of communists. Um, and and really, you know, when he got called up to testify uh, from McCarthy and the whole 
uh, HUAC, the uh, House on American Activities, which was you know nothing more than a witch hunt, he basically said, well, where's your evidence for this accusation? And until you have that, I'm not going to answer your questions, and I'm not going to give any names of anyone else. So he went to jail. Like, how many rich people do you know from Hollywood would go to jail for their comrades? Very few. Very few, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nowadays, I can't. I can think of right. yeah, maybe a handful. Maybe Joaquin Phoenix. Like, yeah. And there was a famous like ten people that all couldn't work anymore. But there was a lot of other people that weren't on like they weren't as famous that lost their jobs. And there was some that even committed suicide because they couldn't get any work anywhere. Right. And, and, you know, this is, it's like, you know, it's like, it's not just you're blacklisted. It's like, you can't get a job in, in Hollywood if you're in show business and you've been blacklisted. Like it's, that's just all they do there. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this destroyed lives. And Kirk Douglas was like, look, I'm sick of you guys having to use pseudonyms to try to get your work done. And, you know, basically went, came to Dalton Trumbull and said, you know, who would, who'd already won Oscars for films he wrote under pseudonyms. So he knew he was good, but he was like, look, I don't, I don't give a shit. They, like, I'm put, I'll put my own career and my own um, you know, financial livelihood uh, up to all these studio execs and say, I'm gonna, you're going to write this epic movie and I'm going to star in it. Uh, and he, you know, he, he knew that he was famous enough he could do that, Kirk Douglas. And he was still pretty young at the time. Like, this isn't like, oh, I've been around for a while. I've got clout. He was using his, his celebrity to help these writers. I mean, that's, that's fucking solidarity right there. Yeah. Uh, and it did cost him because for all the great films he did, he never once won an Oscar, which is, I mean, even his own son has won Oscars, which is like, ugh. Yeah, well, I mean, the Academy's always been a bunch of stuffy conservative dickwad. Like, they pretend that they're liberal. I mean, they're, they're Hollywood liberal, with the definition of Hollywood liberal. I mean, I still remember the, the fucking douchebags at the, at the Oscars booing Michael Moore in, what was it, 04 when he won for Fahrenheit 9-11? Yeah. And and he got up on stage and talked about Bush being an illegitimate president. They fucking boot him. It's like this is this is like post Iraq War, like you know afterglow. Like you know how bad this fucking war was going at that point, and they're still they were in that like ultra rabid patriot mode where it was like you can't criticize the president. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they've never. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just liberals. a year later that uh, you know Katrina happened, and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, well, you should go back and apologize to Michael Moore now because he. <laughs> Fuckers shouldn't. I mean, it's like, you know, like, it was the last time Kanye West had a good moment. In his career. Had a good take, yeah. Had a good take. Uh, Michael Moore should have just been like, why are you booing me? You know I'm right. Like that, that <laughs> yeah, man. It all comes full circle because now fucking Hannibal Burris is a piece of shit landlord, so we can't no, have I anything know. nice. <laughs> um, such a stupid. Oh, and by the way, just real quick, I, I don't know how many people know this, but uh, Reagan was actually uh, secretly a fucking snitch uh, during the blacklist, Hollywood blacklist period. He was the SAG president at the time, and he was giving uh, the HUAC the names of people he suspected that were communists, and a lot of them were people that he uh, would often be fighting for roles with. So he was basically just using it, uh, you know, like as an enemy's list to get rid of people that were way better actors than him were getting roles that he he could have gotten otherwise. Yeah, my, my favorite scenes, uh, or my favorite scene in, in Trumbo, the Brian Cranston biopicus, when they... They go to hand out like communist literature at this like like uh, you know bougie Hollywood award ceremony that's that's like honoring John Wayne, uh, and of course like John Wayne's a total right wing douchebag too, uh, and they yeah. they like almost come to blows over their their politics. <laughs> and, I mean you know Louis C.K. is kind of canceled now, but he's still pretty funny in that movie uh, yeah, in the yeah, in the small sure. role he has, um, and it, uh, so because he passed away, Kirk Douglas, um, you know, we've always suspected Cranston's like a secret communist anyway. If you look at, you know, Malcolm in the Middle, it was like, had this huge working class socialist 
you know, uh, streak running through it. Of course, there's the, the famous scene where they uh, somebody recut to the Soviet Union's anthem of them like taking over the <laughs> taking out the boss at like this, you know, menial CVS pharmacy type place where they all were working and being abused. It's, it's a great little scene. But uh, and he mentioned the blacklists in his tweet about Kirk Douglas passing away last night. So I thought that was a nice awesome. touch to that. So yeah, no, Cranston's a good guy. Um, yeah, so let's just get into the news this week because, um, you know, I'm fuming. Um, it, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of things. I'm feeling a lot of different emotions. But, I mean, so obviously, you know, last uh, this, this past Monday uh, were the Iowa caucuses. And we did a podcast uh, in real time, essentially, as the results were <laughs> supposed to be coming in. Um, because we wanted to really kind of capture the feel of, of Bernie winning the Iowa caucuses uh, live as they happened. And uh, we and everyone else were robbed of that moment because uh, of a combination of um, haplessness, idiocy, and malicious intent by a group of people in Iowa, the Iowa Democratic Party, uh, you know, uh, various operatives of the, Dem- of the National Democratic Party and the DNC. And, uh, I mean, this has got to be up there with the 2000 election, the 2000 Florida election for, like, biggest electoral fuck-ups in modern American history. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, if it it had been, like, the next morning and we woke up to, like, okay, they got it figured out, uh this is, you know, the the caucus itself takes, like, an hour. And they have the numbers. And all they have to do is forward those numbers, you know, to, to the state department, to the state party. And they, you know, look at the numbers, make sure it all adds up, and then there you go. You announce it. It doesn't. It doesn't take fucking days, let alone a week, right? Um, you know, and and they're saying, oh, it's because of this app that didn't work right. Bullshit. The app actually worked fine. It's just they fucking bungled everything else, and they're blaming it on this app. And you know, they actually had a guy on Democracy Now today who was one of the county chairs, one of the people that oversees the precincts who is actually doing the counting. He's like, look, we sent our numbers in two days ago and they still hadn't put it up on there. And he was actually the guy that said, Oh, actually this, this is a black Hawk County. Um, he was the guy that started tweeting out their precinct results that didn't match what the uh, Iowa democratic party was posting saying your numbers are wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, let's, let's just go through the, Okay, so, well, you know, before I even go through all the massive discrepancies and obvious fraudulent behavior that went on, um, so right now, uh, just as we were going on air, uh, the (coughs) CNN town halls are going on, and uh, Bernie had his, and we'll talk about that later, but I thought he absolutely fucking killed it and gave some great answers. Um, Right after him came Mayo Pete, and this had to have been coordinated with the Buttigieg campaign and the Democratic Party and CNN, because now DNC has all the results of this of of this uh, caucus, so they're the ones in control of this. The only way this would have happened the way it did is if they literally hand uh, hand like you know hand held back these results and gave them to CNN. Um, the second they went on air, Chris Cuomo said, "Look, I I, I want to inform you, Mayor Buttigieg, and uh, everyone else, uh, because this is breaking news exclusive to CNN that." Uh, with 100% of the results in, you have maintained a slim 0.1% uh, lead in state delegate um, SDs, state delegate uh, electors, whatever they are. 
Um, which is meaningless. Oh, which is meaningless, which, which we'll get totally into. totally fucking meaningless. Uh, and uh, so you have won the Iowa caucus, the, it, Chris Cuomo said to him. And then Booge is, oh, well, yeah, you know, thank you. Thank you so much. And we won. It's great that we won. It's like, no, you didn't fucking win because you're still 3,000 votes behind Bernie Sanders in the popular vote. He won the popular vote on second alignment and on first alignment. Uh, so he got voted for by more people more people in iowa voted for bernie sanders i thought this was the party that had their hair on fire about how the person with the most votes should win the election which i fucking agree with you know regardless of how i feel about hillary i mean the person with the most votes in any election should win an election and this is this is not a slim margin either you're talking about a hundred thousand votes total so yeah. th- three three uh, percent well, it was six thousand uh on the first ballot. so the first ballot is six thousand votes uh, and I, I believe the turnout was like 150,000. So like, oh, that's, okay. that's, but that's a huge margin for 150,000. Um, I'm not a math surgeon, but and they're going to have the same number of delegates at the national level. So this, the state delegate count is completely meaningless, uh, no matter what way you slice it, whether you're a popular vote fan or, you know, your delegate count fan, the state delegate count doesn't fucking matter. Right, yeah. and so I you know, I give Bernie credit for to having some leadership skills, and just this morning coming out me like, no, I'm declaring victory. These state delegates really don't matter. Uh, I'm the winner because where I come from, uh, six thousand more votes means you won. <laughs> when they asked him about it in the press conference, because he held a great press conference, one of the honestly one of the strongest speeches I've ever seen him give, because I think he's just at the point where he's like, no, they're just going to fuck me. Like, they're just going to fuck me. I'm, I'm done being nice. I'm done playing Mr. Nice Guy. Like, I'm just going to come out and, like, lay all my cards on the table. Um, Do now, you, uh, you happen to have that, that clip of that that I said? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me pull that up. Um, j- just, to, just to get a sense of the swagger by the way, this came with today. This was Sweater Bernie, which is my favorite Bernie. <laughs> sweater Bernie, no tie. Like, that's that's the best Bernie. But here, here's, uh, yeah, here's the audio from that. Mayor Pete's been declaring a win for days now. Why should people believe your victory speech over his? Because I got 6,000 more votes. it's fucking great that's right that's Um, right drop the glasses deal with it but yeah i mean it's preposterous and so i just and this is from a new york times article and this is from nate Cohn, who's a dickhead in his own right but um this he's in this article he explains how stupid using SDEs uh, as a metric for determining who wins is. And I say this because literally every network, every news network, because they wanted Buttigieg to win, only reported SDEs. And what they did was they really sneakily put up the percentage of SDEs that they won next to, you know, next to the candidate's name. So it looked like, oh, Mayor Pete won 26.2% of the vote versus Bernie's 253 but no, that was the percentage of delegates. The percentage of the vote actually would have showed Bernie ahead by two or three or four, I think, by the end, percentage points. So it's a really disingenuous, misleading thing. But again, they did this all fucking last election, 2016, by putting the delegate counts with the superdelegate counts and didn't you know, disclose what they actually were showing. So, um, But let me here. I'll read the, the, at why the SDEs is a stupid metric. Um, 
The whole justification for caring about STEs vanished the moment they decided to award the results based on pre-saints. They nonetheless decided to make STE the metric that, they, that we would use to evaluate the result of the pre-saint caucuses and then added uh, on additional results that complicated the process of reporting and raised the possibility of a split decision. And the possibility of a split decision would have been very obvious to anyone who looked at the geographic distribution of previous turnout in the Iowa caucuses and the number of state delegates awarded to each precinct. And they did this out of tradition to keep structure and then add on a couple bells and whistles to make it comply with the imperatives of a new day. Uh, but what they really should have done was thought about whether uh, this was the way to proceed. They jerry-rigged a new caucus rather than starting from scratch. The Republican caucus just reports the popular vote. There is no contest in the country that I can think of that reports a popular vote, but still chooses to report pledged delegates based on another metric like county or state convention delegates. They had a way out on this one. And again, the, the, convention, the state delegate uh, count is completely meaningless and irrelevant to the people running for fucking president. It means nothing. It's a made-up fucking number. The, the amount of actual convention, national convention delegates that Bernie and Buttigieg are going to walk away with is probably going to be the exact same number, 11 or 12, I think, by the end of it, whatever it was. Yeah, we, we already know that. The thing is, I wonder, is like, who was Pete Buttigieg appealing to in Iowa? Like, I thought Iowa was supposed to be like the salt of the earth type, well, you know, and obviously he has, yeah. a, has a small amount of, of uh, voters of color. But of of the you know black and brown voters in the state, and it's only about ten percent total. Uh, Bernie got like fifty three percent of the vote, right? So overwhelmingly, it's it like who who looked at Pete Buttigieg in corn country? I mean, besides Kevin Costner, apparently, uh, and was like, "Yep, that's my guy." I I, I don't get it. He brought the nineteen eighteen Black Sox with him out of the cornfield to vote oh, for God, to caucus no. for Buttigieg. I, I swear that that's um, got to be what it is. It's just like there's a bunch of farmers no, well, so, that just want to like you know plow down their their cornfield and put up a baseball so, park and be like, come on, beat Buttigieg, just go run the bases together. So no, look, I mean this is part two of it. So these numbers are total bullshit. Bernie Sanders won the state by five percent easily, uh, and I think that when they actually do a if they do an independent recanvas, what they're calling it, or a recount. Uh, they'll see that and they'll correct that because the numbers that Bernie's team was reporting out, their internal numbers from all of their caucus cap, uh, chairs, you know, the, the, cap, the caucus chairs from the different precincts, had Bernie up with 60% of the vote in by like five points comfortably. Now, there was not a single point in any uh, in reporting from the official IDP numbers, Iowa Democratic uh, uh, Party numbers, that had Bernie leading Buttigieg. So, or except for like, you know, super early on. So with, so there's no combination of 60% that could have shown Bernie up 5% and never shown him up as they were built, as they were, you know, releasing piecemeal these well, results. I, I've never seen it where... It's total fucking they fabrication. They the vote count and then remove the vote count overnight and then put the... And then when it, they turn it back on the next day, suddenly the the... You know who's up is now switched. Yeah, right? no, like it, that's, it was that's incredibly the shit you're doing in like bullshit. a third world country. Like that, the fucking Bolivia was it Bolivia? They turned it off for a couple hours and turned it back on, and the mar- the the person who was up was still up. Nothing had changed, and for that we fucking waged a coup, and he had to flee the country. Right. Yeah. So, like, well, what, so what, what, are we going to throw a coup in in the state of Iowa now? Because that's apparently our standard. Should. 
Um, yeah, no. I, so, I mean, of course, this is total bullshit. The party, you know, and I do think part of it was the app was a fucking shit show and they paid a bunch of moron ex Hillary staffers uh, way too much money for an app that didn't function properly by people that didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, on top of the fact that a bunch of people said that when they inputted results into the app, it seemed to actually change the results they inputted. And there's many precinct captains reporting that and showing pr- screenshot proof of that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so, well, and just all the people on online who work in app development were like, this is crazy. You this would is like never, amateur shit. Something this important, you would never trust to a company that's only two months old. You would never, you just, you don't do that unless you want it to fail on purpose. Right. And I guarantee that's what they wanted. Right. They have a system that works. I'm sure most of the, those those people working in the precincts who've done this for a long time. They would rather phone it in, which they tried to do, which, of course, that they probably had no people staff to take the calls because they're like, well, we have the app. So why would we have anyone, you know, and, and we know all the problems that create people on hold for hours at a time, then getting hung up on. Uh, and then all these Republicans that were calling in to jam up the phone lines because somebody leaked the number to 4chan, of course. Um, but it, it's like this is this is. I doubt was even a decision by the Iowa State Party. I'm sure, I guarantee this was something DNC forced on them. Oh, 100%. Their, their, their fucking bullshit rules committee that Perez has been stacking probably for a while now, it's in the headlines more, with, with now people Budget, who, are, uh, who are actually surrogates for Bloomberg, right. Yeah. They're the ones that have, that, that have the final say on the way that the state party conducts their caucus, right? Like the, the, the state <clears throat> caucus, the state party runs it, and they have final say on the outcome, but before it starts, they have to get approval for everything from the DNC bylaws committee, right? So everyone that says, oh, the DNC has nothing to do with it, they're full of shit, they're fucking lying, because they do. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and so, uh, yeah, so, but now we, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of people know this, but for, you know, the small percentage of people listening to us that didn't you know, follow this closely on Twitter, another thing people uncovered uh, in the process of this is that, Acronym, which is the parent company of Shadow, which is the super transparent sounding organization that created this app. Like, just why not just call it Hail, Hail Hydra? Like, yeah, I mean, really. come on. Yeah, <laughs> Spooks Incorporated was apparently fucking taken. So just, just, just calling it Shadow, calling it acronym, calling your company acronym, just seems like a little like, hey, what's the acronym? Ha, <laughs> CIA, wink, wink. Yeah, it just yeah. has that 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 three. Yeah, I, honestly, I didn't think of it. That that's probably what that. Yeah, I mean, this is it's just filled with a bunch of fucking yeah, you know, l- l- people that look like they work in the fucking CIA and people that came from Hillary for America and Obama for America. So you know, probably CIA. Um, that uh, created this company to profit off of their uh, buddies who work in all these state parties to you know give them money for this shit that the, you know barely functions and the uh, president or I, I, she was either the president or co-president of acronym this woman named Tara McGowan just happens to be managed uh, married to the, a senior strategist on Pete Buttigieg's presidential campaign just just you know total happenstance oh and also. According to FEC filings, people who judge made two $20,000 donations to Shadow in the past year. I, I believe it was June of, of, of 2019 for software rights, just, just blanket software rights. So, you know, and again, this is not conspiracy theory. This is not being a fucking tinfoil hat. This is verifiable information. If you look at FEC filings for this company, you see those two contributions. Now, also, Joe Biden donated like $1,000, but I think he bought... 
his texting service off them. So that's that they're who are responsible for the what would Joe three oh three three texting service for. Like, do, well, just I for think the you buy like itself? the the actual like the like see you know you know when we get a million fucking like hey this is blah 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 with Bernie twenty two I think it's like that kind of program. Oh my god! I um, but shit. I know it's a but so but people are just doing forty thousand dollars to them. That's not fucking. That's not a texting. It's not you lunch know, money. Yeah. No, and you know, uh, you would think that somebody would have seen this and said, hey. This, and, by, and by the way, nobody like in the public could have seen this because they kept the company that created the app secret up until after this debacle because, God forbid, the Russians interfere and call into question our election results. What the fuck would that be like if our right. elections were tainted? Well, I can't they, imagine. So, you know, I mean, part of the problem is that people couldn't even download the app. They couldn't log into it. PIN didn't work. Results didn't go where they were supposed to. And then accurate results were, were inaccurately recorded. But just, you know, if you go back even a month ago, there was all these, like, cybersecurity experts that were saying, this is a terrible idea. You know, this is, this anyone can hack any of these phones. You yeah. know, you're sending them information over public Wi-Fi. Personal wifi. cell phones. Personal fucking cell There's phones. There's no fucking like, encryption on any of this. This is crazy. You're just asking for, it's like they just wanted to make it as convoluted as possible to stop Bernie Sanders. They didn't stress test the app either, which is psychotic for, for an app that you're using to literally right. figure out a fucking presidential election. And, like. and there's no way that uh, 1,600 data points is stressful on any app. That's just, that's not a fucking thing that's real. Uh, stress test is like 15 million data points is the kind of things that they'll overload an app with to see if it'll crash it, right? So there's no way that, that <laughs> the, the results of 1,600 precincts somehow made the app not work. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there was a ton of fucking glitches and, uh, you know, other shit. But the other thing is that it seemed like they always seemed to um, take votes away from Bernie and I think some from Warren, but, like, mostly Bernie. Bernie seemed to be the number one recipient of all of these accounting errors. Like, there, there's, I'm, I'm just going to go through a list quickly of, of things that people have found because they released all of, a lot of these results online publicly on the, uh, you know, the Iowa Democratic Party uh, homepage and also... A lot of these precinct chairs were so furious about the bullshit that went on that they just released their results as is. So we have a lot of material to kind of weigh things against. But here's uh, just one that Phil Jamison found in their results. Um, and by the way, they posted results and then they pushed out a tweet saying, there will be a minor correction to the last batch of results. We will be pushing an update momentarily because people were just finding them immediately. So they still they pushed this uh, update out after they released bad numbers, and then people were still finding numbers fucked up. Like, uh, here's one. Hey, you looks like you accidentally swapped Deval Patrick and Bernie's columns in the rows between WL3 and 4 and WL4 and 2. You also switched Steyer and Elizabeth Warren's results for the same rows. Looking forward to a speedy fix. So they gave a bunch of fucking votes from Bernie to Deval Patrick, who, as far as I know, didn't get a single delegate. Um... A single delegate in any any precinct. I don't uh, think Deval Patrick even knew he was on the ballot in Iowa. I don't uh, think anyone shocked to him. Patrick was on the ballot <laughs> in Iowa, and Tom Steyer got a bunch of Warren. Like Warren got a bunch of zeros uh, in a bunch of uh, precincts, which you know that's not accurate. I mean, it's just not accurate. So they the the app fucking moved things over one column to the left, and it happened like four or five times. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, I thought this was a real tweet. Somebody posted like a, a spoof tweet of an Iowa Democrat saying, uh, oopsie, oopsie, uh, we made a fucky-wucky, a little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of like uh, like gibberish words, really, really amusing. But uh, so there was that, that people found a lot of that. There was um, Blackhawk County was one of the major, Blackhawk and Polk County had major reporting issues, which as of now, I don't think have been fixed. Um, and, they're, and they're giving people to judge the 0.1% SDE victory again so this is total bullshit um but here's here's the one that uh at lib underscore crusher found um based on the publicly available blackhawk county results that the county chair posted or i'm sorry that the idp posted versus what the county uh supervisor posted the blackhawk county uh results from the idp have sanders uh popular vote 1638 Buttigieg 1588 uh the actual results from that county, from the county supervisor, uh, not a partisan person, uh, Sanders, 2149. 2149 versus 1638. Buttigieg, 1578 versus 1588. Biden, uh, 980 versus 986. They uh, gave... Huh. I'm just trying... There's a bunch of fucking errors on this thing. Yeah, no, it, it's totally fucked up. Like, they didn't re- report the right results. Um, 41, there were 41 precincts, and this is from uh, Nick, uh, Nick Tay Lord. And this is all people that just literally went through publicly available data from the Iowa Caucus website. And you can look, look through all of this and verify for yourself. Um, 41 precincts where Sanders was viable in the first round, but non-viable in the second round. Um, seems incredibly unlikely. Um based on the way that the viability threshold works. Um, let's see here. Well, just look at the picture of some of these caucuses where you'd have 150 people in one corner for Bernie, because literally like they go off into different corners of a room, uh, and then there's like 10 for Buttigieg, and then like 15 for Warren, and then like 5 for Biden, and then they're like, oh, it's neck and neck between Mayo, Pete, and Bernie. And it's like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way that, that you're seeing images over and over and over of Bernie overwhelmingly. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's like, it, I, I wonder, did Bernie win the 2016 Iowa caucus too? They didn't have publicly the, available popular no, vote totals it, back then, so it's very possible. <laughs> I, I think they tried to make it more complicated, pretending it would be more transparency, and because they, you know, have these separate totals, people were able to actually spot it, but... Uh, you know, I mean, this this didn't just piss off Bernie voters, this this whole delay. You know, Biden's campaign, who which is now in, in free fall, uh, were freaking out about this, too. Just to saying like this is, you know, all of them were feeling like they were getting screwed over in some way, uh, except for little fucking shit lib Pete, uh, who, who all of them hate all the other candidates. I don't know if you noticed. They all hate. Oh, Nobody ever says my good friend Pete Buttigieg. Like Bernie will say that no. about everyone else on stage, except for that little fucking well, shit what bag. What was that? Um, what was there was some event that he went to and claimed that he was like the only one that it was that showed up to it. But there was something else that like everyone else was obliged to go to. It was something about during his DNC run where he said this, and then somebody yeah. confronted him. And he said, "I'll I literally will do anything it takes to." I, talk yeah. for a minute. I'm gonna see if I can find that quote because that was actually a really telling. Well, so just just the the Biden stuff I wanted to to get to real quick um, because this was you know we've been being told that Biden is the front runner for uh, you know as long as he's been running 
You know, he's the front runner. He was vice president. Uh, ignore the fact that he never got more than three percent of the vote every other time he ran for president. Um, you know, by the whole the whole impeachment trial, I felt like that was forced by Pelosi just to confirm in the public's mind that Joe Biden was Trump's uh, opponent, and that's why this whole Ukrainian thing went down. Uh, and I've it's just like, there's what other reason wouldn't she do it? She dragged her heels the whole way until there was a way to help try to boost for Biden. And now he, this is, I mean, the, the Politico posted an article at 1 a.m. last night that's basically an autopsy for his entire campaign. And I, I wanted to read some bits of this because this is, I mean, Politico hates Bernie, right? Yeah. This is amazing. Um, okay, so this is just from the article. The leaked poll numbers from what would have been the final Des Moines Register poll, of course, that got polled because Buttigieg didn't like the results, uh, showed that Joe Biden was in fourth place with only 13%. Biden's Iowa staffers were floored, according to a person familiar with the discussions among several aides at the time. Quote, none of us thought that we were at 13 percent. We uh, we can't be in fourth place. That just cannot be right. End quote. But it was right. (laughs) And it confirmed what rival campaigns had whispered for months, that Biden wasn't inspiring Iowa voters and his support was only an inch deep. Uh, while the full Iowa caucus results aren't still in as of 1 a.m. last night, uh, Biden's unexpectedly weak performance Monday, he's in fourth place with 16%, with 97% of the votes reporting, has provoked frustration and recrimination within the campaign, according to interviews with over a dozen campaign aides and surrogates. Uh, this is where it gets really good. Uh, several Biden aides had choice words to describe what led to the former vice president's disappointing fourth place finish. Quote, it was a clusterfuck, <laughs> said one. Uh, quote, it was a shit show, said another. Quote, a fucking disaster, said a third. <laughs> Questions swirled among staffers and donors over whether a higher level staffing overhaul was in order. So they're just basically like, like, do we fire everybody? They're, they're like all uh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is my favorite part here. Um those who spoke to Politico, uh, many of them on condition of anonymity because they were still working for the campaign, complained that uh, precinct captains for his campaign were not well trained in Iowa, and in some cases didn't even show up on campaign uh, on the caucus night at all. So they just no showed. <laughs> that, that's how little. The, so <laughs> because of that, they already fired one person uh, who was their their field organizer. Uh, who was in charge of wrangling all those uh, precinct captains. I think her name was uh, Adrian Bogan, I think was her name. And there's another part of the article. Apparently, I thought I had it saved, and I don't see it now. Um, But they basically, like, they interviewed somebody who she'd worked on in a campaign in Tampa. They mentioned this. They were successful, and they said, well, they're just throwing her under the bus. It's not her fault. And I I probably agree that, uh, you know, this is Biden's fault. He's a terrible candidate. That's why this is happening. But they're all like, well, we all told each, each other he was great, so we don't understand what the problem is. It's like, you don't fucking get it. These fucking, these professional campaign staffers, I, I know these people, I've um, worked on campaigns with them and against them, and I've almost come to blows with these people because they, it's like the, the idea that you fight for a cause you believe in is abhorrent to them. They're like, why would you do that? You just pretend as though it's your cause, and then as soon as the campaign's over, you go work for the next one, right? So I, I, I was curious who, what the campaign was uh, in, in Florida. They actually didn't say Tampa. They said Florida, but I looked it up. I Actually, if you uh, do a search on her, Facebook page pops up, and it's like there's all the campaigns she's worked on in her Facebook pictures, and it, it, I just looked at the most recent one. It was for um, 
the uh, newly elected mayor of Tampa, Florida, uh, who up until 2015 was a Republican uh, <laughs> and a former police officer. So oh, there great. you go. Per- perfect fucking campaign uh, organizer for Biden. <laughs> now she's I mean, getting, now yeah, she's getting fired. Honestly, it's so yeah. perfect. Um, I, I read that and I was like, of course. Fucking of course. I found that quote, by the way, because he lied about going to, um, and I can't figure out which, I, I can't seem to find the context for it, but it was some major event, like, you know, some civil rights breakfast, something that, like, you should be going to. And he basically claimed he was the only one uh, that went to it. Um, so when Jimmu Green confronted him, and again, this is not, this is somebody that probably agrees with his politics. She's very, uh, she's very much a shit lib. I've had, you know, personal interactions with her, but she's actually now Fox News political analyst. So she's not Ooh. any, she's not fr- a friend to leftists. So she wouldn't be saying this if it wasn't true. Uh, she said, he said to her, it's a competition. You say whatever you need to say to win. Uh, was said to me uh, in the DNC chair race by none other than Pete Buttigieg, the current can't we get all get along poster child. That was in response to me calling him out for lying. So yeah, he's always been a lying motherfucker, like that that rude article called him. He's always been a little fucking sniveling piece of shit, has no principles whatsoever. Um, and you know, just to just to lay out for people, what I mean, this is like banana republic shit. If you said this happened in any other country, so uh, the uh, three or four days before the Iowa caucuses, Pete Buttigieg gets the most important poll, uh, the Des Moines Register poll, spiked. Because he claims that one of his supporters wasn't polled with his name in the in the polling, you know, uh, the, the calls. Like he he gets this whole entire poll spiked uh, because he claims that their one report one supporter of his didn't get polled on his name when they were called. Uh, so this poll, which shows him sing, like I think four or five points behind Bernie, who was in first place, gets spiked. So that poll is super important. Um, then at the Iowa caucuses, this app, which was built by a firm whose president is married to one of his senior strategists, just happens to fuck up and always seems to fuck up in his direction, in his favor. Uh, Then the the Iowa Democratic Party decides to dribble out results um, and give 62% of the results after this massive fuck up rather than just releasing them all at once. And that 62% just happens to show him up by five points on Bernie Sanders omitting all of these major areas that Bernie did really well in to the point where when they did fully release all the results, Bernie caught up to Pete and they're essentially tied, Um, you know, and they so, but so they allowed him to claim victory with 0% of the vote in. Then they allowed him to claim victory for two days while they trickled out results that kept him artificially in the lead until they finally had to admit that he didn't actually win. I mean, this is fucking third world country bullshit like how can anyone look at this and say there's I mean, not a conspiracy the, the people who call us a bunch of you know tinfoil hat people for 2016 saying it was rigged you know i think they got a little taste of what that word really means right <laughs> yeah. it, does, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to flip votes you can just do enough of these little bullshit things that eventually you stop one guy, you know, and it death, also death it looks like they cuts. might they might have actually flipped some votes, but that's a whole nother. But even if they didn't, just the bullshit, as you said, the bullshit rollout that they did did was enough to manufacture consent to make it seem like he won the Iowa caucuses when he fucking clearly didn't. Right, he at best tied. So it's you know it's disappointing, and they wanted to steal the victory more than anything, right? Not not just like oh he didn't win, but when he basically tied 
and 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 actually he did win, but it's like oh, there's no there's no election night celebration. D- like you, that, the that media is, boost is that's the most a, important it's the media thing. boost too. But it's like the there's no you know victory night speech. That's one of those things that really builds momentum and builds morale within a campaign is when you get that on the same night. And there's no reason it shouldn't have happened that night because it's not as though the the state party didn't have the information. They had, I mean, every, it's not like precincts weren't reporting it that night. You know, even if it, it was some delay, it still should have been that night within a couple hours at most, right? And I, I'm sure you've worked on campaigns that that victory night celebration is everything to the people that put the work in, yep. right? I mean, it's not like, oh, we didn't get our party. It's, it's you know, it's, it's just you don't get that release from the catharsis that you have been building up to. Right, and if you can steal that valor enough times, it, it will demoralize anybody, no matter how hard you're fighting or who you're fighting for. Uh, and it, you know, I mean, I, I hope fucking little booty jagoff enjoys it because it's gonna be the last time this fucking happens. And it's gonna be the last fucking primary he even comes close to winning. I mean, yeah. it's the, the the road ahead for him is is desolate, which is why even Nate fucking Silver, you know, not the biggest Bernie supporter in the world, predicts Bernie is going to win the nomination, <coughs> excuse me, win the nomination uh, with 49% certainty versus the next closest, which is Bloomberg at like 23% certainty. So, <laughs> which, which actually we'll talk about later, because I think that's actually true, that he's probably going to be the new uh, person to get propped up. But <clears throat> um, the biggest thing about Iowa, Iowa is not a huge delegate state. There's like 40 delegates total that come out of Iowa. It's a very small amount. I mean, California, by comparison, has 494 delegates. So Iowa's not a big state, but the entire point of winning Iowa is to get that one-week media boost of saying, hey, this is the guy or woman who won the Iowa caucus. They're, you know, they're they're riding high. They won the first primary state, and they denied Bernie that. And Bernie fucking deserved that. And all the people that we know who fucking flew them and drove the, themselves to Iowa on their own fucking dime and broke their asses in the fucking snow and the rain in Iowa in January to go out and knock people's doors to give Bernie this fucking historic win were cheated out of that moment that night. And nothing they can do, and even when they recount and they show that Bernie clearly won Iowa, is going to give them back that moment that they were fucking robbed of. So these motherfuckers... Robbed them and robbed us of that forever, and I'll never fucking forgive them for that. But we're gonna fucking win, so it's not gonna matter in the end. So yeah, well, d- just the hashtags alone in the last uh, what seventy-two hours since we recorded are amazing. Uh, I, I've never, you know, may, uh, Mayor Cheat <laughs> instead of Mayor Pete. That's my, one of my favorites. A good one. Um, just just all the people that are, you know, like rat face memeing him because because really, I mean, he's got a little fucking rat face. Just call it, you know, rat fuck. That it's it's been amazing. Uh, just just to see all that. There's um, God. What was another great one I saw today? Uh, oh, the the lyrics to his fucking stupid song. Uh, Had to have high high hopes for a living. Rigged to Iowa, and I still couldn't even win it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so Bernie's Bernie's campaign just emailed out a list of discrepancies with the Iowa Democrats results, which would net, uh, count him a net delegate count of two point five state delegates, which would put him two delegates over Pete Buttigieg. So again, they're fucking lying through their teeth, and this is verifiable information released by the Bernie Sanders campaign. And I just want to read some of them, because they actually point to specific, and this is from Bernie's team. So, 
Bernie, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign on Thursday celebrated winning the popular vote in the first and second round of the Iowa caucus and released publicly discrepancies in the state delegate equivalent data it submitted to the uh, Iowa Democratic Party. Quote, tonight's release of data by the IDP confirms that Bernie Sanders won the Iowa caucus, uh, senior advisor Jeff Weaver said. We also feel confident that the discrepancies we're providing tonight, in addition to those widely identified in the national media, mean that the SDE count will never be known with any kind of certainty. Given the rules changes we fought for and that required the release of the popular vote count, SDEs are now an antiquated and meaningless metric for determining the winner of the Iowa caucus. Below is a full list of discrepancies in the state delegate equivalent calculations that were submitted to, but not yet considered by the party. 14 instances for a total of 2.50383 uh, state delegate equivalents. Storm Lake 1, Sanders down one delegate. In this seven-delegate precinct, according to IDP data, uh, Buttigieg's 1.974 blah 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 was correctly rounded up to two. However, Warren's 1.256 which was tied with Yang, was incorrectly rounded up to two, despite Sanders' 2.333 being closer to three. The correct allocation should be Sanders' three delegates, Buttigieg two, Warren and Yang with one. Uh, math. It's fucking basic math, This right? is basic fucking this is, elementary this math. Is, I mean, it's still convoluted that it's like... People, it's, it's so fucking stupid. So I mean, just let's, to explain to anyone who's listening to this who doesn't understand, somebody posted last night uh, the, the, the work sheets, right? So basically, if anyone had a, a, a delegate count or you know or a vote count that was uh, you know point you know three point five or four point five whatever it was is point five and up you round up. If it's below point five, you round down unless the total amount of delegates didn't add up to the amount of delegates allocated to that precinct. In which case, those extra delegates they would have to go to somebody. So then it was whichever decimal below point five is closest to point five. So that's why there was, there was a lot of confusion last night about this. Uh, the, why there was what looked like rounding errors that were not, in fact, rounding errors. But still, you got to look really close because then there could be errors hidden even deeper, which it looks like this is, well, uh, this where, is... where the person who didn't have the highest decimal count below 0.5 was getting that extra delegate and shouldn't have had it. Yeah. So, and and just just see if you see a trend in who's getting the extra delegates in all of these that I'm going to read. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll try to summarize each one. This is again from the official Bernie Sanders campaign. So they wouldn't release this shit if it wasn't quadruple checked. Warren County, Norwalk, Precinct One. Sanders down one delegate. Buttigieg over one delegate. In this precinct, Buttigieg received an extra third delegate after already rounding up to two. Sanders at third place with 1.34, blah, 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 should have received the extra delegate, bringing him to two alongside Buttigieg and Biden. The correct allocation should be Buttigieg, Biden, Sanders, two, and Warren and Klobuchar with one. Uh, Des Moines, seven. Sanders down one delegate, Buttigieg over one delegate. In this nine-delegate precinct, Sanders was at 4.8, Warren was at 2.46, and Buttigieg was at 2.66 before rounding. Sanders' 4.8 was closer to 5 than Buttigieg's 2.7 was to 3. Therefore, Sanders should have been given 5 while Buttigieg has 2. Woodbury, and I'm just going to, uh, Woodbury 6, Sioux City 6, Sanders down 1 delegate. Uh, Okedian, Sanders down 1 delegate. Bel Air Lincoln, Sanders down 1 delegate. Uh, all of these went to Buttigieg. Like, it, it, it's fucking inexplicable that this many rounding errors seem to benefit one particular candidate until you think about who was running the fucking caucus and who the Iowa Democratic Party and the DNC clearly want 
to come out on top of this based on the way that they've trickled out results. I mean, it's so fucking right. obvious when you look at these numbers that it, it's mind blowing. It, it really is, and it's mind blowing because you know they've been doing this forever. You know, they know mm-hmm. you know that they've been fucking us forever. And when I say we, I mean any candidate that represents the working class, anyone who's anti-war, anyone who's pro-environment. This is how they fuck us, right? And it's you know, and you know that nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to. I mean, everyone. Every, as soon as this is over, people will go, "Well, let's move on to the next state," and they just you know. It's just it's a it's a complete shit show. Even if you get the reforms you want, the party can come in and go. Oh well, guess what? At the last second, we're going to have a secret company build a secret app from scratch that everyone has to use with no training, and there's no support staff for, no tech support for it when it doesn't work. And if you call it in, no one's going to answer the phone. And they go, well, there it is. That's that's democracy in the the you know the greatest nation on earth can't even fucking do a state primary. Um, but but this is I mean this is how desperate they are. This is how fucking desperate they are that they'll go to these lengths to to stop a, a real multiracial working class movement, and and they're they're freely admitting they're scared of shit now. Uh, Jonathan Chait, who we were quoting his ridiculous article last week, uh, penned a new I don't know penned wrote type whatever uh, op ed today. And hold a pen, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and his byline in his tweet for it was, it's time for liberals to panic. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's great that he's admitting that like liberals are not the left yeah. anymore. Right. And the headline, I love the headline. If you think it's bad for mainstream Democrats now, just wait. <laughs> so I'm only going to read one, the opening sentence of it. But the context of the entire article, there's not really any like good takes in it at all, uh, or, or uh, what I mean, good takes. I mean his bad takes that we would laugh at. Oh, okay. okay. But he basically just says like, you know, either we need to cancel Joe Biden now, or completely retool his campaign, uh, or you know, or we're screwed, and Bernie's going to be the nominee. And basically saying like, look, we, you know, there's too many young people supporting Bernie. We we have to stop them somehow. You know, the, the young people that Democrats always say, well, why don't they vote? Why don't they vote? It's their fault. We will lose. It's like because you hate them and you don't want them to vote. Uh, but he, he basically, the whole article makes it clear. He doesn't understand what's happening. He doesn't understand why liberals are losing to the left, and he's panicking about it. And in, in, in that context, I just want to read you the first uh, sentence of his, his op-ed. Quote, it is always darkest. John McCain used to say, before it gets totally black. Um, I believe that was actually uh, Harvey Dent from from uh, Batman <laughs> that John McCain maybe stole that quote oh, from. But he's opening the qu- fucking article with John, with John McCain, McCain quoting, yeah, and doesn't opening. understand why liberals are losing to the left. <laughs> My God. Oh man. Well, you know, this is this is why they're scared, and I'm going to just give people. Some good news from Iowa, um, on top of the good news that we're going to get if they eventually do do a recount and show that Bernie clearly won it, um, or even just correct the discrepancies that Bernie's team found in obvious data. Um, but this is the Iowa caucus demographics from the New York Times. Non-white women, 45% to Bernie versus the next closest, which was Pete, at 17%. 45% non-white women Bernie won in Iowa. All non-white voters... Bernie won 39% to Biden's 17% was the next closest. Women, 18 to 44. Bernie won 43% to Warren's 24%. 
all voters 18 to 24, Bernie won 43% to Warren's 20%. So Warney, uh, <laughs> Warney, uh, Bernie, uh, God, that's that horrible cursed fucking d- d- joint campaign d- uh, poster that goes around that makes me want to gouge my eyes out. Uh, Bernie just absolutely dominated with non-white voters and with young people uh, as, you know, per usual. And the great news is that Iowa is a super fucking white state and he still managed to win it. So in states where it's not 92% white or whatever Iowa is, he's going to do way fucking better. And, you know, that's why even Nate Silver projects Bernie to win every single Super Tuesday state except for Alabama and South Carolina, which are a toss-up. So he could win every single Super Tuesday state. If Bernie Sanders sweeps Super Tuesday, there is no fucking way on earth that they can deny him the nomination, even if he doesn't have the 1,900 uh, delegates at that point. Like it, it just it would be suicide. Well, and the the nuclear option, of course, is to start getting uh, you know super delegates to pledge who they support, and then start leaking that to the press, uh-huh. right? And and we talked about how this uh, in another show we did how they technically they can't vote. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say technically because the DNC can change the rules at any time, which we already have seen them do with Bloomberg. Uh, it's just, it's such a fucking joke. Um, and I've been, you know, of course I, I always float the stuff by my mother to see what she thinks. And she was sort of appalled by the process today. Uh, and, and even she was like, does this mean that the Iowa caucus has always been rigged? And I was like, that's a good question, mom. Maybe you should ask that more often. Uh, although she disappointed me, uh, because when I, I, I shared a, a Pelosi's tweet where she, uh, said how excited she was to welcome the president of Venezuela, Juan Goido, to, to the White House, I shared that with my mom, and I was like, this is crazy. How can she say that? And she's like, I don't have an opinion. I'm like, what? What do you mean you don't have an opinion? You know who this guy is, right? She's like, no. Oh, <laughs> like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, okay, just so, just, just so we're clear, mom, do you, do you support military coups overthrowing democratic elected government? She's like, I don't have an opinion. I'm like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Do you, that, that, you, you don't have an opinion about a, a fascist military coup backed by Donald Trump. Rachel Maddow hasn't talked about it, so she probably doesn't know anything right, about it. Right, right. Well, she, then, she, then she did like a quick, I could tell she like went and did a quick search on it. She's like, well, uh, I, I see here that Iran and China support Venezuela's current president, so that's bad. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so do 100 other nations that don't recognize the fucking Juan Guido as the fucking as the president. He's not. We, we, I, we should we should call him Juan Guido from now on. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, it's, I, <laughs> no, I, it's it's Guido, but I, but Guido is actually a, a funnier name for him. Can you just imagine like a like a did fucking you, like I mean Juan I, I, Guido I, walking around in like a guinea tea? Did you see him at Trump's fucking oh my Nuremberg God. rally? My God. Just like with that fucking full metal jacket uh, face, you know, the, the I am living in a world of shit. Yep. Everyone's applauding him and he stands up and Those he's like <laughs> got his head, like his chin buried into his chest and his eyes are looking up like he's fucking crazy. It was, that was the same Buttigieg face that he had. Did you see him walking to his car the other day where he didn't answer like reporters' oh, yeah. questions? It was the same yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm a fucking serial killer. I, I am a fucking CIA puppet. I don't even know I'm. I didn't know he was there. So when he when he said, and we have with us the president, the rightful president of Venezuela, I was like, motherfucker, that motherfucker is not going to pot. I mean, that whole State of the Union was like a reality show. 
Like, he had that. He had the fucking oh, surprise metal presentation to Rush Limbaugh. Like, it was fucking disgusting. Oh, Rush Limbaugh thing. pretending he didn't know what was going on oh, was yeah. hilarious. I'm so glad he's going to die soon. Oh, me too. I, I wish it happened at that shit. moment so everyone could watch it on national television. I was oh, fucking God. rooting for I, it. I wish they like, would put the metal on him and then, like, instantly it's, it's like Indiana Jones and the the fucking like the ark of the covenant just melts his fucking face yeah yeah or even like more dramatic like last crusade where it's like his skin just gets like shredded off and his fucking head explodes just starts screaming you don't deserve this his fucking face melts off i mean just my god you know the the, the medal of freedom is the highest civilian honor like you, you give that to people that like like saved a bunch of people from a school shooter. You don't give that to a fucking douchebag racist motherfucker who's contributed. He's a shock jock. He's contributed Die. more yeah. negative discourse and and toxicity to the to to politics than almost anybody on the fucking planet. Like oh my God. And the, and the whole thing, and then Pelosi rips up the fucking ugh. speech at the. It's like you know why she couldn't have ripped up the eight hundred billion dollar uh, Pentagon Space Force bill nope. that she supported nope. of Trump's. It's just, it's all this fucking theatrics and then she supports every single fucking policy. This is what I hate about the fucking Mick resistance is they don't have a fucking clue why they don't like Trump other than he's, you know, ripped the mask off of their West Wing fantasy uh, of, of the nobility of the, of the White House, right? It's never been there. It's just that he he's just vocally abusive in every way they can't fucking stand. They don't have any policy opposition to him that wasn't something Obama was doing that they were fine with. None of it. Nope. Nope. They just want the, the, their biggest concern: stopping Bernie. I mean, you sent me that. Cl- I, I want to play that audio from James Carville because these fucking idiots, like uh, James Carville, this old fucking fossil, this this Clinton era just moron, ha- came out of his his fucking you know his cocoon to uh, go on MSNBC he and complain even be about bothered to put a shirt on. He was wearing like a ball cap and a hoodie. It's like you're on fucking national TV. Like, at least put put a fucking tie on, you old fucking bald shithead. <laughs> like, you know, and the thing I hate about this guy is, like, he, he kind of looks like Hunter S. Thompson, yet he has just, like, the worst fucking political views. So, like, it always fucks with my head because Hunter S. Thompson is someone I, I revered growing up and, and shaped a lot of my politics as someone who, you know, ran for sheriff, uh, trying to do, you know, change things for good, trying to legalize drugs. Um, later in life, had a, ran a bunch of campaigns to try to get innocent people out of jail. Um, and, and listen to this clip, and, and he's having a meltdown, not because, you know, the, the, there's not a good challenger to Donald Trump. He's melting down because the best frontrunner candidate is a guy who's really far on the left and is going to actually help people. That's what he doesn't want to have happen. And of course, by the way, they're misrepresenting. Uh, just on this screen, they're misrepresenting the actual percentages of, of delegates. But that's again, just neither here nor there on MSNBC. But here's the clip. A lot of people sure. compare him to Jeremy Corbyn. I say he might be closer to Lopez Obrador in Mexico, somebody who manages to get into power because the existing parties have so disappointed everybody. People are disgusted right. with Democrats. They don't trust Republicans. Right. They go for Bernie. Do you think that is a path to victory if he makes well, that argument? Why do, why do I think people are disgusted with Democrats? We had the highest turnout in 2018 since women were granted the right to vote. We had the biggest margin. We ran a smart campaign, and it worked. All right? It mm-hmm. matters who the candidate is. It matters what a party chooses to talk about. I mean, I'm 75 years old. Why am I here doing this? Because I am scared to death. That's why. And we got to get, we, you know, let's get relevant here, people, for sure. 
Okay. That, that's why I don't. Lopez Obrador. Jeremy, they were all the Sanders people were taking pictures wishing Jeremy Coburn the best. Oh, and they were mistaken. They were very mistaken, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to go down that path. Okay, all I've got for you, James, is Claire. Hey. I, love, <laughs> I, I, just, yeah, I just love you. I love you, too. You know, your analysis, if you look at the, the, the press corps went AOC crazy, and, and the Iowa caucuses of liberal, it's, it's too, whatever, to combine the, the left side of the party, and I don't, I don't consider myself a liberal, by the way. I'm not a moderate. They look, you know, Senator Klobuchar and, uh, you know, Buttigieg got a lot of votes. And we got to decide what we want to be. Do we want to be an an ideological cult or do we want to have a majoritarian instinct to be a majority party? Majority are a cult. I know where you stand on that, Senator, because you had to run in a red state. Right. So, and, and again, you and she I know lost. that 18% of the what country is he saying? elects 52 He probably doesn't even know that. And, and, and the urban core is not going to get it done. What we need is power. You understand? That's what this is about. Oh Without God. power, you have nothing. You just have talking points. You know, in the Marine Corps, they say, you know, wish in one hand and do something in the other. Which hand is going to fill up the fastest? We better get serious here. <laughs> And, uh, you know, a lot of d- Democrats around the country are concerned. I, I know these donors, are not, they're not going to give a popsicle to the DNC right now. I can promise you that. Oh, good good God. God forbid. I mean, that was some of the most thoughtless, like, dumb fucking like, mumble, mush-mouthed analysis I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, look who watches MSNBC and CNN. Like, that's their clarion call right there, is we're terrified of the left. Uh, not because we think the left won't win. They they try to hide it in that, and he tries to say, "Oh, Jeremy Corbyn didn't win. We're making a huge mistake." It's like, uh, just, that's you know, <laughs> like that has nothing to do with Bernie Sanders and the coalition he's building, right? Uh, it has far more to do with the Labor Party sticking a knife in Jeremy Corbyn's back after everything he's done to build that party to be where it is today, more strong than it's ever been in fifty years. Uh, and, and then he says, you know, hey, oh, it's about power. It's about power. power. Like, what the fuck does he think building a multiracial working class coalition is? Like, that's the thing he doesn't want. These that's people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, no, they're he, just idiots. Like, Claire McCaskill is a fucking loser. She lost an election in her fucking home state in a year where 65% of her home state voted to increase the minimum wage. A very progressive leftist policy. So she fucking lost because she ran a shitty campaign and 65% of that state voted to fucking pass a higher minimum wage. What does that tell you? Is that she fucking sucked and didn't inspire anyone. People went to vote for that and didn't vote for her. They probably left the fucking senator, uh, senatorial line blank. She's a fucking hack. And Jason Johnson is a fucking dickhead. I don't know how he has his own show on MS. I mean, I do know because he, he's willing to shit on the left constantly with no fucking substantive criticism. But... um. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just just James Carville. Go back to your fucking coffin. Like no, nobody, nobody needs your fucking mindless, well, stupid it, what analysis. Was the, the part where he said that yeah, he doesn't want to be part of, a, of an ideological cult. Yeah, what is, yeah. What does he think being a? And he says, "Well, I'm not a centrist. I'm a liberal." Like liberals are the fucking centrist, dude. Come on, yeah. like there is no more ideological cult. Than also, the one that he was, says, he's an ex Clinton staffer. Which I mean, if you ask me what to define a cult, I think I would immediately po- yeah. point you in the direction of, of you know any I mean, any particular Clinton staffer. And the thing is, like they they really are afraid of of what they perceive to be the ideology of the left, where you're consistent 
on things. Like, look at all the takes of people saying, Bernie's been too consistent for too long. That doesn't sound like a strength to me. And it's like, who the... Like, they see drifting with the wind of, of, you know, lying to whatever room of people you're with as a a positive. They see it as a positive. You look at uh, Jennifer Rubin, uh, fucking Washington Post hack, uh, headline of her article from May 13, 2019, recent history. Why Iowa is so important this time. And then she just fucking wrote another article this week, February 3, 2020. What good are the Iowa caucuses anyway? <laughs> I mean, come on. Shameless. Just shameless. Then you've got, you've got uh, Joy Ann Reed, fucking famous bigot and liar. Uh, this is from uh, February 2, 2016. Hillary Clinton is neither a caucus thief nor an accidental victor. Winning Iowa, even narrowly, was a legit boost to her campaign. That was 2016. This is a uh, dated next one. Uh, Today, yes. February 6, 2020, Today, yeah. uh, referring to Bernie declaring victory. Am I wrong to think that 6,000 votes is not exactly a revolutionary margin either way? So neither of the top two finishers in Iowa got much out of it, regardless of the outcome. And wasn't it Team Sanders... Uh, that insisted on keeping Coxes after 2016 because he uh, did better in them. So, yeah, just, just completely disingenuous, complete fucking liars. Uh, you know, they stand for nothing. It's, it's, it's a fucking it's a nihilist, a big Lebowski. Well, he, he believes in nothing, Lebowski, except for money, of course. <laughs> the only thing they believe in is the money. Well, he, he gave it away the at the end. He said, oh, I, I, the, the, the Democratic, the, the donors aren't going to give a popsicle to the DNC. Like, he, he, he's just, he fucking just admitted that that's all he gives a fuck about. I that's know. all these Clintonite fucking scumbags give a shit about. That is the, the my favorite thing about Bernie winning uh, is, of course, them revealing what it's always been about, that it's all about the money. It's only been about the money for these people. Every, every uh, you know, posturing to care about health care and the environment, they don't care about any of that shit. They don't care about your mommy or your daddy. They don't care if you fucking die. They don't care if 29 million Americans uh, go without health care. They don't care if there's half a million Americans homeless on any given day, uh, five to six million a year uh, total. It, it's just they fundamentally don't care. The part of their brain that exudes empathy makes you feel pain when someone else feels pain. It's not in their brain. It never developed in the first place. They are fucking Republicans. The same, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's hilarious. You know, and then the whole electability thing. Oh, oh just because Bernie's winning, winning primaries doesn't mean he's electable. Like, what do you think that word fucking means? Yeah, no, they, they just have no fucking clue. And then Hillary, again, stuck her fucking head out of the woodwork to get today. To again fucking just criticize the Democratic frontrunner because this is super fucking helpful for beating Donald Trump. She again stuck her head out of the woodwork and said, um, uh, so This is a CNN article from today. Uh, former Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton furthered her comments discrediting Senator Bernie Sanders as a viable presidential candidate, insinuating that his potential failure to, quote, deliver the moon would detract from efforts to rebuild public trust. Because if anybody knows about rebuilding public trust, it's Hillary Clinton. I mean, can you think of a more trusted figure in, in, in American politics today than Hillary Clinton? Hey, she mean, persisted. Yeah. I, I, and also, can you think of a worse fucking person on the planet to give election advice than Hillary fucking Clinton? The only person in American modern American history whose approval rating went down after she lost the presidential election? I mean, it, this is just unbelievable, the shit that these people say. It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, well, it, the, the thing is bizarre to me is that the, the people that go to work on the campaigns for 
you know, Buttigieg, Hillary, Biden, Warren, who then come away from it realizing what a sham it all was. Um, and, and it's like, you couldn't tell before you got the job. Like, did you, are, are you, are you new here? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, I know a lot of people get into working on campaigns very young and they hear the candidates and they go to the rallies and it's like, they get taken in by it. But, um, this, this is, <laughs> this is fucking great. Uh, this was dated mm, one week ago. Um, Mayor Pete's black and Hispanic staffers say they were hired as tokens. Can't imagine that, you know, just so unlike him, right? <laughs> uh, and then another one today, uh, news warns Nevada team in turmoil as six staffers, all women of color, have departed the roughly 70-person campaign in the final stretch with complaints of a toxic work environment in which they felt tokenized uh, and with state leadership at loggerheads. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's <laughs> clearly... You know, Warren, Biden, and and Buttigieg have a race problem within their campaigns, which of course also extends to the people voting for them. Um, you know, everyone keeps saying that you know Biden has all this great support from Black voters in the South. Well, it's like he's never gotten it before, <laughs> so I don't know where they are presuming that from. Because um, actually, a racist assertion because they just assume because he was Obama's vice president that he's obviously loved by by black no, and brown people. It, it's they're based on polling of people that are over seventy hundred years old, right? And and we already have seen that the, whatever the polling they were doing for Iowa was like they expected him to be in in the you know twenty percent range, right? And he got way below that. So you know I don't know how they can do these polls knowing that they're only polling the oldest of voters. And walk away from that with confidence, because anyone that's fucking done this shit for more than a couple months knows that that's bullshit. Uh, and and you're gonna just you're gonna, you know, like Biden's money was already drying up. He was already raising less money each quarter, uh, and now it's like there's no one's gonna give any more money to Joe Biden. Oh no, because he's, he's not viable. He's not a viable candidate. No. That all his money is gonna go to Bloomberg now, which is why he's unfortunately being being listed at second in like Vegas odds now to win the nomination because. The, and they know he's never going to win delegate count, but the idea is obviously Bernie's going to go into the convention with the most delegates. If Warren stays in the race and plays spoiler and siphons off like 600 delegates, then Bernie won't be able to reach that 1900 thresh, uh, delegate threshold he needs to reach to get the nomination on the first ballot uh, and thereby would um, push it to the second ballot where the superdelegates could just give Bloomberg the nomination, even though he'll probably have less than 200, you know, super delegate or pledge delegates at that point. So, you know, I mean, they, they could try it if they want, they could see what the fuck happens. They could see if people don't get in the fucking streets and burn down their fucking, uh, you know, uh, office buildings if they do that. But you know, I, if they want to really <sighs> fucking test us, they could, yeah. they could try. Well, um, I, I posted that Homer Simpson meme where he's like backs into the hedge. Right. And then like comes back out transformed right and yeah. the, the the first one i posted the, i've seen a bunch of different versions the first one i posted was uh homer's wearing bernie outfit backs into the hedge and comes back out uh dressed all in black with his face covered in a molotov <laughs> like duff duff beer molotov <laughs> in his awesome. hand uh you know like all it's like he's he's in black block mode right yeah. um and I, I posted on our Facebook page. You got a ton of hits on there, and I just like mild somewhere in the in the comment. I, I referenced the you know what the election was doing, and uh, a bunch of people replied or left comments on it, saying like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I thought we were doing the yellow vest stuff. I don't know about all this." And I was like, "Okay, a I don't think you've seen what's going on in Paris yeah, because are, people wearing those the- yellow vests are definitely throwing Molotovs." 
Uh, and B, uh, the, the people that do black black aren't going to wear a fucking yellow vest because they think it's kind of stupid, honestly. They're just going to do, do the black black thing. Well, so. yellow vests are, are, are more significant in Paris because of, it, it's some cultural thing to them. That's, it doesn't mean anything to us. It would be, I, I wouldn't mind people using it as like a kind of like a measure of solidarity, but if you're going to do it, do it the way they're doing it. Get, well, get, you, get fucking like real. Don't just do it and do like I, another women's I, march. Exactly. Like, I don't think they understand like the, the people wearing the yellow vests are actually fighting the cops. Yeah, like and, putting their bodies and, on the and line. shutting down the fucking, you know, the, the city traffic. And like they're in a country where the cops won't shoot them on sight, unfortunately, like right. which we don't have the advantage of in America. No, no. But yeah, I was just I was like, all right, well, clearly you don't know what 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 is really going on in the streets. But OK, you know, have have fun on the Internet. Um, um, but then there was also another version I posted this week, and it's the one it's a it's like Homer holding an AK and he's got like a, a hammer sickle tattoo and then like an Antifa flag T-shirt. Yeah. And he backs into the, the hedgerow, the, the bushes and then comes out as a bernie supporter uh and and i stole the joke i didn't make this up but uh i I paraphrased where i first saw it and i I posted this and it's like when you're when you're an ancom but you have to socialize with your parents friends so you have to dial it down a notch (laughs) (laughs) so i got i got a ton of likes on it too so people definitely identify with uh, uh you know what that means to them oh yeah there, there, oh, there are definitely. I mean, I'm not saying that that's that's necessarily true for me, but like there are times where like I'll be talking to somebody like my like my my uh, sister's like you know husband like my brother-in-law whatever, and he, and and he's like oh yeah you know I like Bernie but I really you know I, I like Warren too and like Buttigieg has some interesting things and I, and I and I have to be like I have to like hold myself back and I'm like yeah you know I, yeah I, I see what you're saying but you know and like just try to talk him into why Bernie's the better candidate without. Because I, I just think you don't approach everyone being like, fuck those mother... You know, like, it's just hard to... It, it, I certainly have to, like, dial down, like, how... how The disdain I have for some of these people, because I know who they are. It's it's these undecided voters that just drive me fucking crazy. Know, like, if you go to a restaurant, <laughs> even if you've never been to the restaurant, it doesn't take more than a minute or so to look over the menu, pick out something you want to eat, and then order it. Right, and you go to a restaurant sometimes. It's like we've been here for ten minutes. You need to make a fucking choice, right? <laughs> like, especially you don't, if that <laughs> restaurant's been there for forty years, and there's a thousand Yelp reviews about how consistent their food is, right. versus this new fucking shack that just opened up and has like plastic looking meat. <laughs> imagine if thirty nine of those four, uh, forty Yelp reviews all said, uh, "Get get the Bernie combo because that's the best thing." <laughs> You're like, hmm, I don't know. There's these other things on here. Uh, I don't see any reviews of it. Um, you know, this one's only been on the menu for uh, you know a couple months. This one has a weird consistency you know. to it, but uh, I don't maybe really it's know good. what I do. So yeah, we we were going to talk about the town hall, but just like some of the questions they they always like they have these undecided voters, right? Or paid lobbyists, one of the two. Those are like the only two people that are. They weren't to that ask bad questions. though. This time it seemed like like they they they. I think they've learned their lesson that we're we're watching them like fucking hawks, like the people that they let ask but questions. They still. Pick people that have questions that fit their agenda. Sure, you know, sure. How are you going to pay for it? What about this? What it's all these things that are just an afterthought. Like, well, we'll figure that out. But the important thing is everyone can go to public college. Yeah, this person asked this question. Well, but, but what if you know so many people want to go to public college that He's they can't all get professor. in? Yeah. Oh yeah, this guy totally disingenuous. Uh, it, what's what's going to be the the enrollment process? You're going to you know decide who can and can't go. And he's like, no, everyone's going to get to go. 
He's like, well, but, but that would be so many more people. He's like, I'm sure we can figure that part out, but it's not important because we'll just... It's like, are you serious? Every fucking university in the country is constantly trying to expand enrollment. That's like half their fucking fundraising yeah. is like, how do we do None outreach? How do we get a grant to build another fucking building and get like another 500 kids to go to our school this, this term? Especially fucking state and public schools. They're not fucking filled to the brim with people. Like there, there definitely is room for right. every young person of college age in America to go I, to fucking college. Yeah. Like it's, I guarantee on any given day at a community college, half of the classrooms are fucking empty. They're just oh, sitting 100%. there. They're just sitting there empty. I went half to a community time. college and I <laughs> never had more than like fifteen people in a classroom. I don't right, think. Right, like, right. And did you ever like you know like when the bell rings, see hundreds of people no. pour out of those rooms? No, no. it's pretty it's fucking, like fucking empty. You go, to, go to a class at six p.m. and the place is fucking deserted. You know, like you're the only one in the building, right? So this yeah. this notion that if everyone got to go for free, suddenly there's not enough rooms to go to like this is fucking ridiculous. It's, it's and the fact that Bernie has to keep answering these dumb fucking questions, I'm sick of it. I know. Yeah, and, and 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 I will say though that most of the questions from the audience, other than that one, weren't terrible. But the the bad thing was Anderson Cooper's uh, pre-planned follow-up, which was some shitty, you know, right-wing hackery, like like on that school question. But like there, uh, you know, a couple people asked him questions that like he gave good answers to. Um, the woman asked him about his Jewish heritage, and he talked about you know, growing up in a poor Jewish family. And so, and he told this story that I'd never heard before about how he went with his brother to back to his, to their, like uh, the town they were from in Poland. And they, they showed him this mass grave where like, you know, uh, Nazis mowed down like 300 Jews and just like buried them in this mass. Grave. And like, I've never heard him tell this story before. It was, it was fucking really like, uh, yeah, moving, I, I, but like, I didn't like part of the part of her question where she's like, "Do you think that will ha- being Jewish is going to help your candidacy or be a debtor?" Yeah, that was that, that was kind of. I was shitty, like, "Be a debtor? Why would you ever, you know?" Like, I, I almost wonder if that was meant to catch him in like the. Well, you're obviously an atheist, right? Like, because because I mean, look, like guys, let's be real. Murray Sanders is an atheist. He said before, "I'm a cultural Jew." Like, he's not. He's he's very proud of his Jewish cultural heritage, but he's not like. He doesn't. I don't think he believes that the Earth was created in seven days, and like he's not a fuck because he's not a fucking idiot. No, he's like a, a secular Jew. That's <laughs> yeah, he's a, thing. a secular we all, Jew. We know, which I would, I would guarantee ninety percent of American Jews are secular Jews. So it's oh not yeah, like very a, much it's not so. like a thing. So yeah, I, I, referencing the mass grave though, did you hear that they are uh, finally going to start digging up the cemetery in Tulsa, Oklahoma? I, yeah, I heard where they that. they believe that there may be hundreds, uh, upwards of three four hundred people buried. Ugh, I mean, talk yeah. about, I mean, talk about addressing yeah. legacy white supremacy. Uh, the fact that that's been left there that long uh, is pretty incredible. But but I, I like that he used that, you know, question that was potentially a gotcha question about his atheism to really turn a spotlight back onto white supremacy and talk about how he understands firsthand, like, the, 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 the lengths of oh, which, you know. He's prepared for everything. And that's why the other question I thought was bullshit was, well, Trump got, was able to, to razzle all these other Republicans. Aren't you worried that, you know, he's going to, like, get to you? And it's like, are you kidding? This oh, that was his fucking... best answer at the night. Oh, yeah. It's because he's like, well, the reason he won't get to me is because I know what he really is. He's a bully. And bullies are deeply insecure. And it's like, are you like just the idea that Bernie Sanders is, is on par with a, a Jeb Bush, uh, you know, <laughs> or I, even it, Hillary Clinton is laughable. Right. Like he's a Bernie, master debater. There's certain things that irritate Bernie. Obviously, we've seen it. But, uh, you know, a guy like Trump is not going to be one of them. 
right? Like you can call Bernie all the all the nicknames you Crazy want. Crazy socialist commie. Right. He's not going to give a fuck. Like yeah, you call him commie Bernie, you can just be like, well, I was in Russia. I met with several. You know, like he's just going to he's going to roll with it and embrace it in a way where it's just like God. And that's the thing. If you know, if a fucking bully knows he can get to you by calling you names, you don't let him. And then the bully goes, they're going to quit, right? Because the bully gets off on knowing they got to you. And if you don't give them that satisfaction, you beat the bully, right? You stand up to them in other ways, obviously, but you, just, you don't give them the satisfaction. And that's the thing that everyone doesn't under fucking understand is they, they keep thinking, oh, well, if we, we make fun of, of Putin uh, giving, uh, or we make fun of Trump giving Putin a blowjob, he, he, he won't be able to govern. It's like he doesn't care about governing in the first place. So that, what the fuck are you even doing? Yeah, <laughs> right? no, you have to make fun of him for things he's actually insecure about, like his, the fact that he's not as rich as he says he is and the fact that he's a fucking shitty failed businessman, the fact that he's a fucking, you know, always trying to please his father and that he's terrified that he's a loser. I mean, there's so many pathological things about Trump that you could make fun of. Yeah. And Bernie fucking basically said as much. He's like, look, I've dealt with bullies before. Like, I'm not intimidated by bullies. Like, I know exactly what to do with him. He's a fraud. He's insecure. Like, he's... It, Bernie would be the only one who actually could go up there and fucking get under Trump's skin, which is the way you beat Trump. Because he, the second you get under his skin, he becomes a fucking child. And, like, you know, it's, it's well documented, but he rarely is challenged enough to actually get to that point. Like, Bernie would pick him apart because Bernie knows all of his fucking tics and he also has the ability to be funny in a way that Trump never did because he's self-deprecating which is something that Trump is incapable, incapable, of, incapable completely of. incapable of doing there's that uh, that great video series um, I mean I don't want to say great because it's kind of targeted more for like you know business professionals but it's yeah. this guy who uh, looks at people's like body language and mannerisms in film and television and kind of looks at like what what is endearing and makes people gravitate towards you versus what turns you off from wanting to be around a certain person they're just mannerisms and ticks and everything he does a great one on uh the body language of different characters in game of thrones and how huh. you know like uh with um you know tywin he just stands right in front of you and stands over you to intimidate you that's his how, how he gets what he wants out of you whereas um uh, marjorie would always like stand next to a person and, you know, put her arm around them and tell them things about themselves that they wanted to hear to manipulate them. Much different style, but far more effective. Well, I want to say more effective as far as a person. But, you know, just breaking down like those kind of things. And some of that's in the writing and some of that's the actors making those yeah, choices I wonder too. Yeah, what, what ratio, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, just really good analysis. But also talks about like, you know, some of the, the things that, that, you know, if you're a, you know, actor, famous person doing interviews... Uh, you know, whether you're by yourself or on a panel, the thing that ingratiates you to other people is you complimenting them, not you complimenting yourself, right? And what does Bernie always fucking do? He compliments everyone else around him. He doesn't talk about, I want Iowa. He says, we want Iowa. You know, our campaign's going to do this. When we're in the White House, we're going to do that. Um, he hates what, taking what is, personal credit for things. Like He, he won't even, he, yeah. He, he gets really, like, he's embarrassed with people. Yeah, he's very humble. And what does Trump do? Me, I, mine... It's just he he's it's it is truly classic narcissism on a level that I, th I think that's the thing that liberals hate about him so much is that he, he can't do that stuff or doesn't care about doing that stuff. Yeah, um, <clears throat> there, there's rarely a moment where uh, you ever see him honestly compliment anyone else unless it's a reflection of himself like oh my daughter's got great tits like oh <laughs> god 
Because <laughs> he wants to fuck his daughter. Yeah. No, but but watching that answer on stage, like watching Bernie answer that question about Trump and like how he how he doesn't back down from bullies and how to how he pick apart Donald Trump, I was like, how could liberals watch this and want any fucking buddy else to go up against Trump in a debate than Bernie? Bernie is the only fucking person in that field right now who could handle Trump in a debate. Joe Biden would fucking crumble like in a debate with with with, with Trump. I mean, it's just not even. I mean, his he, I, 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 P, fucking Mayo Pete. Mayo Pete does not have a single fucking. He is the Marco Rubio of of twenty twenty. Like, think about the way that Trump and Chris Christie picked apart you know Rubio for being fucking like Rubio bot. They called him. That's Pete Buttigieg. Like, I that's mean, exactly Buttigieg couldn't even handle a mild criticism from Tulsi Gabbard oh, about God, his military like, service. He almost like cried on stage. It was hilarious. I think Tulsi's the only other person that could take on Trump and not let anything phase her because oh, yeah. honestly, no, sure. nothing phases her because she's only like halfway paying attention to you anyway. You <laughs> she's know? very unflappable. Uh, <laughs> right. Could you imagine fucking Beto O'Rourke having to debate Trump? What that would look like? Like just pouring sweat like crazy. Just what like the shit, man. <laughs> Come on, that, dude. That's that's like not cool to make fun of my name what are you doing <laughs> um by the way while we were talking so people are judges town halls going on now so we couldn't watch it although i did catch the first 10 minutes of it in which he told a woman who lost her daughter to suicide who asked him how to how she can they can make sure that everyone can get mental health coverage they need gave her a fucking flowery 10 minute answer that didn't an- include anything uh about expanding coverage for mental health care something that medicare for all covers completely uh, but you know, that's people who just fucking, he makes liberals feel good. And I, I was watching it in that moment and I totally understand his fucking Jedi mind trick is that he talks like Obama and uses flowery language and he makes liberals feel good without actually saying a fucking thing. Like that's he, what they want. That's they all want, they want. They want the fucking it, West Wing fantasy. They don't ever want to have to think about substantive policy change. They just want to feel better. He right. posted, he just posted a, so like his campaign posts, cause, cause he's such a fucking narcissist. Uh, they post like, like, you know, like Instagram looking photos of him, like looking off in the distance with like quotes of his, with his name under them, like attributed to them. So during the town hall, they posted one of him like looking pensively and says, the shape of our democracy is the issue that affects every other issue. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? That mean that doesn't mean anything. Oh that doesn't fucking mean anything. anything, but it sounds like something that would be in the fucking uh, script for Do- for Hamilton too. So they so they fucking eat it up like that's <laughs> exactly. It doesn't mean anything. It's it's like I'm sure you. Well, I don't know well, your whole work history, but like anytime you work in like any kind of corporate environment, uh, you know you you eventually will get an email, you know, explaining why like the the shit's gonna suck more, but why you need to like just deal with it because of our shared values. Shared values is just like the most meaningless thing. It's just mind control. Mm-hmm. It's just here is what we're telling you to think, and in, uh, unless you want to get fired, you need to share our values of you having to do more work without getting more pay. That's all it fucking means. And like little little corporate phases like that that are designed to make you agree with things that are not in your best interest is what he is all a fucking oh, about. Yeah, uh, he's total HR energy. Like, oh, we all got to be team players, guys, and work hard for the team, meaning work hard for the company and make them more money while we pay you, you know, no extra money for your extra work. I made the mistake one time of, of just totally ripping apart a, uh, like, email blast the whole department got. Um, because it was coming from like one of our higher ups and I said something to like a, one of the middle managers and it turns out the middle manager was the one who had been asked to write it. 
And I didn't realize that. And I was I, like, I, I'm sure I got like, you know, backroom in trouble for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just remember that. I was like, yeah, that was probably like, you know, if you don't know who's been assigned to do all the menial tasks for your supervisor, there's a good chance it's somebody who is uh, not that high up, but still is higher up than you, who, <laughs> you, know, you know, anyway, that just reminded me of that. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, I can't stand any of these fucking people. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I think we've we've covered the Iowa situation to death. We covered all the the other stuff I think we wanted to cover. But you know, ultimately, beyond the fact that this was obviously meant to throw the election or throw the caucus to 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 bot to Buttigieg, um, this is also meant to dispirit us. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing from takeaway from this is that. They want you to be depressed. They want you to think that it's all fucking bullshit and we're never going to win and they're going to never let Bernie win. And the truth is, this was their last fucking shot because they know he's going to run the table from now until Super Tuesday and until November. So don't let them fucking get you discouraged because that's the only thing that positive for them that could come out of this. They got, they've got nothing else. They fucking and, know they've lost. You know, to our audience, as you're out there on the internet, and you see all these trolls saying, oh, Booty Judge won. Like, you don't, don't, don't engage with them and try to say, oh, well, actually, if you look at the numbers, it's, uh, you know, it's, it shows that Bernie actually did get the... Like, don't even do it. Just fucking say, Bernie won. Bernie fucking won. But, like, you yeah. don't, even, don't even try to engage with logic and facts, because you, you know you, we already have that stuff. But just... Stick to what's simple. Bernie won Iowa. Because he did. That's yeah. all people need to know. And you know Bernie's, <laughs> Bernie's going to win New Hampshire. Bernie's going to win California. Bernie's going to win Texas. Bernie's going to win Pennsylvania. Probably not Florida. Uh, probably not Delaware, but fuck Bernie's, Florida. No, fuck Bernie's going to win every <laughs> Super Tuesday state, except yeah. for Alabama and South Carolina. Um, and he might win those two, because right now he's fucking gaining. And if he wins New Hampshire and he wins Nevada... He's going to win South Carolina and he's going to win Alabama because once that momentum becomes clear that Biden's not remotely viable and that then nobody's going to vote for Buttigieg in the South, um, Bernie's going to fucking run away with this thing. And if Liz Warren gets out of the fucking way, he could cinch this up before the convention and not have to worry about getting to a second ballot. But if he goes into that convention with the most delegates, there's not a fucking way in hell any of them are getting out of that building without making him the nominee. And we all need to make sure of that. So yeah, People want Medicare for all. I don't care what state you live in. They want it. Right? They, people are broke and they're dying. They're choosing between food and their rent. They're choosing between uh, medical care and their rent. They're choosing between child care uh, and food. Right? So it doesn't matter. These, these fucking James Carville assholes that say, oh, the media is obsessed with AOC. Well, that's not going to work where I'm from. And down in the fucking, you know, like yeah. who gives fucking, yes, they do care. They're, they've been trying to drive that wedge between, and they used to drive it between, uh, you know, the the left and the right. Now they can't do that anymore, so they're trying to say it's a, a, a you know, a wedge between the urban and rural. No, it's not. People in cities are struggling. People in the country are struggling. People that are working class are just fucking struggling, right? And they, you know, didn't do enough to make sure that we didn't get to this point by opposing things like Reaganomics. They didn't do things like, uh, uh, you know, opposing Clinton's deregulation of Wall Street. Um, and they didn't do a whole lot to stop any of the things that Obama did that he carried over from the Bush administration. So here we are, right? You've got people that are ready to show up with Molotovs and pitchforks. So 
Uh, I guarantee if they pull some more shenanigans, you're going to start seeing those bricks go through windows with, uh, you know, notes attached to them saying, uh, fuck you, rat fuck. <laughs> uh, I was actually, last night, I rewatched Jojo Rabbit, a film that I saw with Ash uh, months ago. It just came out on DVD or whatever the, the platforms are now. It just came out because it's now up for Oscar. Uh, and I wasn't sure how good it would be the second time because there's a few moments that really are shocking in the film and kind of it's like once you know where they are i was worried it wouldn't have the same emotional resonance the same beat and i i I loved it even more second time you don't know much about the film it's a uh it's the waning days of world war ii in berlin and this young boy's 10 uh is in like the hitler youth and doesn't really know much about what's going on because he's you know 10 years old doesn't know about the holocaust doesn't know the politics of it all but he's uh imaginary friend played by uh, Waika Watiti. Or t- uh, t- Waika Watiti. T- yep. There you go. I always miss say his name. Who is the director uh, of the film, also plays the kid's imaginary best friend, Hitler, <laughs> which, uh, which is really funny. And it's sort of like going through this process of realizing what this war really is and what Nazis really are. And it's, it's hands down like one of the most emotionally touching films and also the funniest film I've seen in ever. Uh, I, I cannot remember a film that's made me laugh and cry that much in the same, uh, oftentimes in the same moments. Um, and it's shot really well, and it's edited perfectly. You know, it's great to have a comedy, great script, great actors, but comedic editing is a really hard thing to do. You know, there's 24 pl- different places you can cut every second. And knowing exactly where to do that as a director uh, and, and as an actor, you know, just getting all that down is so difficult. And it, I don't laugh at much. Like, comedies are really... Like, there's only a couple things I can laugh at. Like, I can watch Curb... Your enthusiasm and laugh at that, but like only a couple of episodes at a time before I get tired of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stranger Things, it's not really a comedy, but it kind of is, but it's still, it's, it's light comedy. Um, this movie made me fucking, it was like every 15 seconds, every 30 seconds, I was like laugh out loud, gut laughing hmm. uh, throughout this film. Even just the opening scene where they're actually at like Nazi camp, you know, it, it's so fucking funny because they show kids acting how kids really act, how kids really behave, and how cruel and awful they are and how sensitive they are at the same time. Um, Whereas you don't get that with all these Netflix shows. It's like pre-adolescence is sanitized to being this nostalgic memory of what our childhood used to be like. It's this, this movie very much feels like it's from a different era, almost like it's from the 80s, where you really got to see kids being kids for the last time on film before it became this, this nostalgic version of what our childhoods uh, were told we were what we what they were sort of sold back to us as being um and it really it 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 is inspiring to me um because it is a film that's so much about i think what bernie's campaign is which is about how do you how do you really fight fascism you know when it's when it's sort of preys upon uh you know our our economic insecurity and gives us an enemy that's not really our enemy and that that process of austerity uh, leading to fascism is, I think, very much happening right now, where you've got this split between people trying to solve it and people that are trying to blame immigrants, uh, well, trying trying to ban Muslims from immigrating to the country. That that fissure, and the film, you know, doesn't necessarily go into like, hey, what's the FDR solution to that? It's kind of more like, what's the personal solution? And it's yeah. kind of more like, you know, how do we, how do you prevent your kid from turning into a Nazi? Right. Well. I want to, with, with that, before we get out of here, I want to play the audio from Bernie's answer to the question about his Jewish heritage. Because I think that sure. actually really, you know, ties in well to that because he does talk a lot about understanding the, the, the roots of white supremacy. So let's, let's, let's uh, listen to his answer. Hi. Hello. Thank you for being here. 
How do you think your Jewish heritage impacts your vision of the world and politics? And do you think it is a help or a hindrance to your role as a candidate? It impacts me very profoundly. You know, when I try to think about how I came to the views that I hold, there are two major factors, I think. Although one never knows, but I think there are two factors. Number one, I grew up in a family, didn't have a whole lot of money. And we struggled economically, and that made me aware that there are tens of millions of people who are in that same boat. And the second one is being Jewish. And I remember as a kid uh, looking at these big picture books of World War II, and tears would roll down my cheeks when I saw what happened to the Jewish people. Six million people were killed by Hitler. And, uh, you know, I think at a very early age, even before my political thoughts were developed, I was aware of the horrible things that human, doing, human beings can do to other people in the name of racism or white nationalism, or in this case, Nazism. And in the community that I lived in, there were people, you go downtown in your shop, people had um, their tattoos from the concentration camps on their arm. A few years ago, uh, my uh, wife and I and my brother and his wife went back to the town in Poland where my father uh, was born. And we were shown, people there were very, very nice, and, and we were shown uh, a, a, an area where the Nazis had put in some 300 people and just mowed them down uh, in, 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 a, uh, in a ditch. Uh, so that had, a, you know, how horrible people can be to other people in the names of racial superiority or etc. cetera, uh, certainly has been with me for my entire life. And that is why I will do everything I can to end the kind of divisiveness that Trump is fomenting in this country. We are one people, and I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're Latino, Native American, Asian American, you're gay, you're straight. That's not what it's about. What it's about is that we are human beings, and we share common dreams and aspirations. So, you know, the, the pain that my family, my father's family suffered in Poland uh, is something that has impacted my life, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just incredible answer. Um, that's that's going to be our next fucking president. Like, no, you know, nobody else... It's, I mean, you know, Mayor Pete especially, but you, you, you wouldn't get a real answer like that from any of those other fucking candidates. Like, it, you know, Mayor Pete would have given you some fucking made up bullshit story about, you know, uh, his time in Afghanistan or something. But oh, absolutely. Just, yeah. Just incredibly moving from Bernie and just and that, really. That's you know. the kind of story that everyone can relate to, except for like the most cynical, just heartless. Uh, you know, right wing type or or centrist. You know, people Fisher call him a fake fucking Jew, people right? Or the people like that, that say, you know, he makes this. Like, how could you listen to that story and then say, I don't know, there's something about him just makes my skin crawl. Like what? Well, well if, if if you happen to be one of the people he was describing in that video, there's a very good reason your skin might crawl when you yeah. see him. Yeah. Um, so and, and that's the you know they're desperately looking for somebody who can mimic the authenticity without any of the actual helpful policies. Right, and it's, it's like they don't understand that you can't. You can't now. Now that people have seen what an honest politician who cares about them looks like, they know better. And everyone who didn't know him before, once they see him, they're, that's it. They're for Bernie. You know, I mean, except for like maybe this small amount of people that used to like Bernie, and then they're like, oh, but this Yang guy wants to give me $1,000, and I can buy a better vape pen with it or something <laughs> like that, which isn't going to last. Like, we know that's not going to last. 
Uh, I, I'm no fan of Yang, but I think his uh, supporters are still decent people, and we can get some of those back on board. So uh, we shall see. But I mean, all at this point, all roads lead to Bernie Sanders, and I just want to tell everyone to keep their hopes high <laughs> and, and, keep, uh, and keep campaigning like we're you know 10 15 points down because that's the only way right. we're going to win this because they're going to try to fuck us so we got to keep overwinning every state that he wins like right. he can't they're just gonna, win by normal you know. they're going to they're going to pull some new fuckery in every single state uh, fortunately bernie's ready for it the only reason why we knew there was all these fuck ups happening is because his campaign had their own app that they didn't which tell they didn't the DNC about, yeah, which is great. That they were using to keep track of everything. Yeah. So there's like they they are not going to let the, the the 2016 bullshit happen again, and neither yep. are we. Yep, and that's what we're here for. So yeah, I think that does it for us this week. But great fucking news this week. As as pissed off as we are, I think you know this is just only going to galvanize us. And if if we let it. Uh, you know, it'll it, it it can eat at us or it can galvanize us. So let's let it fucking galvanize us and you know stop. Let's stop fucking worrying about it. They're gonna and, do and what they're gonna do. If you're still having bad feelings about Iowa, you know, like oh, who really? I mean, just like I said, just say Bernie won because he Bernie won. won. Bernie won. But also remember that when Bernie first got elected mayor of Burlington, Vermont, he won by a total of eleven votes. <laughs> right. So this guy is known for overcoming all odds and, and winning by the slimmest of margins, right? So he's got this. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so that does it for us this week. Um, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that helps the show out. Follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, we are on patreon if you want to support the show uh you can go to patreon.com slash move left uh tiny url.com slash move left merch pick up any merch i am on twitter at move underscore left i'm also on twitter i uh, just recently changed my handle so you can't make fun of it anymore <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you noticed that i had changed it i did I, I laughed a little bit i was like oh, that's probably why <laughs> well i think it used to be some version of this and i i, I, I think that is, um I tried an earlier version. I think it's what I had uh, one of my uh, previous band accounts on, but it is now uh, on Twitter at Bike Slutty. It's like a, it's like a, like a call to arms. Like you there, go bike and bike slutty. Slutty. I don't even know if that's a word. Slutty. Slutty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, that does it for us this week, and we will see you next time.